Welcome to the Epic Agent Success Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Weaver and Jacoby Kendrick. This podcast is dedicated to newer agents in the business who want the fast track to success. 90% of agents fail in their first year of business. Our goal is to help guide your journey away from the common mistakes most agents make and help you grow and build your business to epic levels you know you're capable of and desire. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Epic Agent Success Podcast. We're going over all things to help you uh, move into epic agent success in your career as a real estate agent. And so this week, we're going to be talking about buyers, working with buyers. What are buyers saying? The markets, depending on where you're at, markets getting kind of crazy here. And so, what are buyers saying? How are you working with buyers? How are you getting them off the fence? Are they even out there anymore? We know buyer demand is down because of interest rates. So we're going to get into all of it right now. Man, what a year it has been this year in 22 for buyers. I uh, think all the way back to the beginning of the year, how everything just kind of took off and our markets were really similar in our conversation that most of the markets around the country were this way. If you were a buyer, it was so hard to get into a house. Every house was getting listed and going under multiple offers on the first weekend. And by multiple offers, I'm talking 20, 30 offers that you were competing against. And so if you were a buyer, it was so frustrating. I mean, we had buyers that were literally looking at houses and not even considering anymore like their wants and needs in a house. It was just like, we need to get a house. It was crazy out there where we were, we had a couple clients this summer that we would go out and show houses like eight weekends in a row and write offers every single weekend over asking, waiving contingencies, you know, appraisal guarantees and losing out every single weekend because other offers would just come out and crush us. Yeah. Our market wasn't as crazy as your market was, but man, I just, what is the roller coaster of emotions we've been on the last two years, right? It's like, man, we had COVID where we didn't even know if we were going to be able to sell real estate. They were like talking about who's essential, who's not essential, where nobody was buying anything. And then, you know, then rates went down to basically zero where everybody's like buying, everybody's trying to buy a house, everybody was wanting to get into a house. And then it went nuts again. And then, things kind of leveled off and then, you know, back to going crazy. And then where we're at right now, which is like, nobody, I think buyer demand, like went through the, the went into the basement here, you know? So yeah, absolutely crazy from where we've been from the pandemic up to this point, at least, man, I was thinking about that over the last couple of days is we have been on a roller coaster and really you just got to figure out how to pivot, right? How to pivot and make it work. And so we all made it through, but man, you've, you've really got to be agile and be able to move in this market that we're in now. Yeah. It's um, definitely taken a little more creativity from, from a work standpoint or from like working with buyers. I, I would say earlier this year in the almost 10 years I've been in real estate, that was my least favorite time as a realtor, just because just to watch buyers not making decisions that were that would be considered in most markets the best for them. They were, they were doing what they had to do to get the house. And then also just watching how complicated the selling process became as well. Because if you get 25 offers on a property, that's a lot of you know information you need to work through. Uh, it becomes 
you know, can become confusing for the seller. And so that whole process of 20 plus offers on a property, whether you're on the buy side or the sell side was a bit frustrating. So I actually am enjoying this market a little more, but I would say this is a market that's probably got the most unknowns in it that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's definitely slowed down a little bit. It's super, it's super weird. What do things look like in your market? So we've got, you know, inventory has gone up barely, like it's barely ticked up. And then, you know, uh, obviously buyer demand is down, like new home loans are down for sure. So people are not originating loans. So that is, that's happening. And then for us here, prices are not going down. It's pretty wild. So it's like, you know, people think, or at least that's the perception is that things are going to be going down based on the fact that, you know, less people are buying. But the weird thing for us at the moment is like the median price is going up, average home price is going up and inventory is barely ticking up. And so, you know, you've got kind of this weird situation that I haven't really seen before, at least from from what I'm looking at. Yeah, for us, it's the inventory is a little bit lighter, uh, but we're also coming into, for us, um, our winters are a little more grueling than your winters. And so we do tend to see things slow down a bit coming out of, December is usually really good, but coming out like January, February, March, we'll see it slow down. But for the most part, I still see buyers are out there and we're still less than two months of inventory uh, across the board. And what I do see is that sellers can't get away with listing garbage. Like, like, you know, for a while, you didn't have to stage anything. It didn't have to be clean. You know, you could get away with everything. But now if you want to sell in that first week and get, you know, and try to get two or three offers, you have to do the right, you have to list it correctly. You got to price it right. That's the big thing. Uh, we've got a lot of people overpricing, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollar houses. They're overpricing it by twenty or thirty thousand. When that happens, people aren't looking at them. So you need to price it right, and you have to do your work when it comes to listing the house. And if you do that, you're going to get the the property sold, and you've got buyers out there that are willing to, you know, willing to pay for it. Yeah. So a lot of folks I'm talking to, they're saying that the market is coming down, which is part of my reason of saying like our median price is going up and our average price has gone up a little bit as well. But I think what everyone is seeing, because from a buyer's perspective or from the from the public's perspective, you know, if you're set up on alerts, all you're seeing is price reduction, price reduction, price reduction, price reduction. And then obviously in your head, you're like, man, the market is going down. And then you're hearing all this stuff on the on, you know, media talking about how, you know, there's going to be a market crash, essentially. And so, you know, when you see all that stuff, you're kind of not really getting the 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 full picture of what's going on. And I think that's that's kind of what it is, is that folks who I think that's exactly what it is, is that folks whose houses, you know, houses that are fixed up and they're nice, they always are going to sell for top dollar. Right. But the houses that need work in the past, or at least here in the recent past, they've been able to sell those, those sellers have been able to sell those houses probably for more than what they should have because of the demand that was out there. And now that the demand is not there, they're having to get realistic about what their price is because buyers have more options now, right? Or they've got more time now, at least because of what is going on with interest rates and all that. For sure. And um, the other thing that I keep an eye on 
uh, is off-market properties. And so I've got like 10 wholesalers here locally that I track their list and I look at it weekly. And I am starting to see a lot more houses pop up on their list as well. Yeah. Uh, we had some wholesalers that were no properties every week and one property. And now, you know, they're getting five, six, seven properties on their list and they're turning them over pretty good. So that's telling me people still want to sell. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, shifting. What is their motivation for selling? Yeah, I also see it as, at least in our market, the, what I see it as is that those people aren't also able to sell their house on their own anymore, right? So that that's kind of the thing is like, man, you could put your house up for whatever and somebody was going to give you an offer for it or something because everybody was desperate. Buyers were desperate. Buyer demand was high. But buyer demand is is down now, which is why, you know, those wholesalers are having more properties. And then you're also going to probably see more for sale by owners going to agents in order to get their houses sold as well. Yeah. So what uh, let's let's convert over to the buyers. How are you at least? Well, it sounds like in your market, buyer demand isn't down. You said there's still buyers out there. It sounds like you're not you. You guys aren't having any issues with buyers. Yeah, I mean, we—I would say buyer demand is down compared to what it was earlier in the year, but we still have buyers, and there's a lot of buyers that were really fatigued or beat up, or they couldn't compete in the market that happened earlier this year, and so you know now we're seeing FHA buyers come, you know, come back around where you are not going to get an FHA offer accepted at the first half of this year. So you got yeah. FHA buyers, you got buyers that need uh, some concessions, they're able to compete in this market. And a lot of uh, a lot of those first time buyers uh, is what we're seeing, or people that had just been waiting for a while. The other thing that I see as a motivating factor for driving buyers is our rent rates. Uh, our rent rates are out of control. Rents are way, way up in our market. And that is forcing people to be a buyer because they just can't afford the rent anymore. So let's go back to this. So so you're you're got a lot of FHA buyers and all that. So you're not hearing people say they're waiting because of interest rates. I know there's I know there's people out there but uh, of the people we're talking to, they are rates aren't even a conversation. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Cuz I'm talking to a lot of agents, they're telling me people are waiting. They're waiting on waiting to buy. They're uh, the people that they're talking to want to want to hold off. They're waiting for prices to come down. Why do you think why do you think your guys it's not a conversation for you? Well, most of the buyers we're working with don't have a property to sell. Uh, I think that's a big factor in it. Like we did we did really well over the last three years with, you know, people that had like a two hundred thousand dollar, two hundred fifty thousand dollar house to sell. And they were buying a four four fifty, you know, the the move up demographic. We did really well with them. That is dried up. There is. There is nobody willing to sell a house if they got a 2% interest rate on to try to buy something to upsize because basically they're just going to make a lateral move uh, and, and price is still going to go up. So there, that market is dried up. For us, it's a lot of the first time home buyers and renters that are really driving our force. You know, I say that, but on the on, also on the flip side, you know, our team has put our two largest transactions under contract in the last two weeks. My brother put a 1.2 under contract and I put a 1.2 under contract. Both of them were buyers and had properties to sell, but they didn't sell their house first. They bought 
not contingent on the sale of their house. So they bought, they're going to close and then get their house sold. So I think that some people with that have money are also out there as buyers, but kind of go back to your question. So I just think it was, I always say real estate is always going to sell because it's driven by life. Like if you, if you have a two bedroom apartment and you're getting ready to have your third child, do you care that it's 4% interest rate or 7% interest rate? No, the your pain at home of the size of what you're living in is what drives it. Uh, here's a kind of a perfect story. I've got a friend over on the other side of the state in Grand Rapids. He's a controller for a company, probably the most conservative accountant type individual that I know. And he just called me last week. Oh, yeah, we're going to buy. I'm like, that just didn't make any sense to me that he was willing to go into this market and buy at these rates. And I'm like, well, what's driving that? Well, what's driving that for them is they've outgrown their house and they're in his in-laws need to move in with them based on some health issues and age. And so he's moving his health. So the rates had nothing to do with his decision to buy. It had to do with what was going on in his life at the time. So lifestyle drove that not interest rates. And that would be the last decision I would think he would make. Um, and he would, he would wait. And so he's really taken on the, Hey, we're going to do this, make this purchase. And, you know, if rates come down, then I'll refinance then. But right now lifestyle is telling me I need to make this move. Yeah, that's good, man. So, so what you're telling me actually, so tell me, let's talk about where you, where, where you're finding these leads then. Are you, are these, are these your sphere? Like where, where, where are you finding these, these leads? So basically what you're saying is because agents I'm talking to a lot of them are saying that, you know, there's, there's, they can't find any buyers and they're also saying that buyers are going to wait. And the key factor is, is that what you're talking about or what you just talked about is motivation, right? Mm -hmm. And so what, what I'm always talking to the agents on my team about is motivation. Motivation is the number one factor on if someone is going to move or not. Because we don't make decisions, we don't make decisions based off logic, <laughs> if it makes sense or not, right? Just like you said, like that, you said he was an accountant. Yep. Yeah, that accountant, he, yeah. he'd be the last person that you would think would be making a move. But, you know, it's it's that emotion, like what kind of, how much pain is he going to be in with his in-laws having to move into his house? Does he want to move into, do they want to be all cramped on top of each other? Or, or is he going to find somewhere that uh, is going to be, you know, a place that they actually want to live. So I think that's a motivation question. You want to be talking to people that are motivated, right? Yeah. Now, so this has shifted for us um, because like my sphere, my demographic of who like is in my world, they're not buying, they're not moving right now. They own homes and, you know, there's some exceptions to that. But for the most part, as a whole, I had to decide that, okay, I'm looking at the shift and I'm worried that I'm not going to have access to the, the buyers and the sellers that I'm typically used to. And so this year as a first in my business, I went to the paid lead sources. We uh, we signed up for multiple lead sources where we pay that referral fee. We're paying that 25 to 35% referral fee to get the buyer. And that's a shift in my business. And we had to make an adjustment based on that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So yeah, before, if you're worried about the the referral fee or whatever it's going to cost, then, um, you know, you might, you might've shied away from that, but, but now everybody's everywhere, man. They're looking on every single site, right? I mean, we, we have guys that'll come in 
And we were just talking about it yesterday in our team meeting. Um, one of my agents, he was like, yeah, I got I got the the guy came in on one referral on this source and then he came in. The same guy came in on another source as well. And so you've got you got to have all of these all of these uh, sources working for you in conjunction, you know. But the other thing I think is key is is I'm in that same boat right now. Like I've got a house we could move as well, but I got a 2.5% interest rate, right? So those I'm definitely not moving. Or if I'm thinking about moving, I'm thinking of a way I can keep my house and rent it out and then buy another house essentially is what is what I'm looking at. And so I think what you're saying is, and what, you know, we are, most of the people that we're talking to are, they're not first time home buyers, but they're they're young buyers they're not they're not experienced in the process right and so they're not worried about interest rates or they're just worried about what they're going to pay monthly and a lot of the people we're talking to like you said <laughs> rental rates are not are not going down so that's that's really the conversation we're having with buyers so it's and it's not even a a, a conversation of issue if you should buy or not but what we're doing is we're trying to counsel them and be a source for them to help walk them through the process because people don't know if they should buy a house or if they shouldn't buy a house. And when they talk to a real estate agent, of course, an agent's going to tell you to buy a house, right? Because that's that's the business we're in. It's like you talk to a real estate agent and it's like, hey, should I buy a house right now? And it's like, well, yeah, let me, let me think. But the, but the question you, it's a really good conversation to be having with buyers, right? Because what are the pros of renting and the cons of renting? What are the pros of owning a house and what are the cons of owning a house? But to most people, really what they care about is their monthly payment. That's really all they care about. And what I'm telling them is, if you've thought about purchasing a home, actually now, even if interest rates are where they are, now is still a good time to buy and the reason why is because there's less competition, just like what we talked about earlier, right? Earlier in the year, you had multiple, multiple offer situations. You had a basically a bidding war. You couldn't get an FHA, VA offer accepted. But now, if you are FHA or you're a VA buyer, now is the time for you to be buying a house because now you can actually have a seller consider your offer. When, when rates come down, you know, when rates come down, there's going to be more competition. And so, you know, those are the things we're talking about. So when I, when I talk to a, a buyer, I say, hey, you're an FHA buyer. I've got one right now. She needs help with closing costs and she's getting down payment assistance, right? To a seller, that is a weak, you are a weak buyer. I know it sounds harsh, but you're a weak buyer. And so, but now sellers are actually considering those offers. But on the flip side, so if you look at a buyer like that, you know, earlier in the year, they weren't getting the service level that they would need from a lender to make them a strong buyer. Well, now these lenders have zero refinance business. So they don't have, they're not, you know, they're not selling any refinances that has completely dried up. And the, the clients that they have, they're working hard to get every one of them to close. And so that lender is going to go above and beyond to make sure that FHA buyer that needs concessions is going to get to the closing table because they need that deal. You're absolutely right, man. I only have a few. So I had a, we had, I had a uh, buyer come in. She already had her own lender, right? And so, you know, it is what it is on some of those, some of those buyers. 
but usually I've never had a lender. Actually, I have had a lender, but it's very rare. The lenders that I work with, they do it, but it's very rare. I have like a new lender tell me that they're going to call the seller and talk to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, man, that's absolutely awesome because yeah, everybody's working now, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're getting, I'm getting calls from title companies and lenders every day looking for business. Like everything is like these title companies, so many in our market, so many title companies popped up. We're getting title companies I've never heard of over the last couple of years. And now they're, they don't have any business. And so I'm getting, getting calls all the time. The other yeah, thing so, so that um, we haven't talked about when we're talking about buyers and it's not just the, the interest rates are high or the interest rates are high or prices coming down. Like that's all kind of relative to whatever's happening in that time period. But this market's allowing us to be way more creative with our buyers, not only the financing, like different things that I see. And I haven't done this yet. You hear a lot of lenders pushing the two, one buy down. And so what that means is, you know, you're going to go get a mortgage with the lender. And that first year, you're going to have a lower rate. The second year, you're going to have a higher rate. And then the third year, the rate's going to level out. What they're banking on is that in the next year, the rates are going to come down and you can refinance out of it. I see that as a good strategy if you have to use it. But what I, the strategy I like right now is we get a property under contract, but we ask the seller for some concessions. So as an example, you have a $300,000 house. So say the house is listed at 300,000. That house in February, March, April was going to sell probably for 340 or 350. And you were going to have, you weren't going to be able to ask for any repairs. You were going to have to give the seller free occupancy after close. You were going to have to probably put down an appraisal guarantee. And so if the house didn't appraise, you were going to have to bring that extra money to the table. So right now, that $300,000 house, in some instances, you can get for 285 or 290 or you can offer the 300000 and ask for the concession. So as an example, what we've done is on that $300,000 house, we get 3% in concessions. That's $9,000. We take that $9,000 and buy the rate down. And at a $300,000 house, you're getting about a full percentage point of being able to reduce that rate. And so now you're getting a house that early in the year, you would have paid three fifty four. dollars You're getting it for three hundred, dollars And you know, you were going to have a three and a half percent interest rate or maybe a four percent interest rate. So now that's going to be five and a quarter, five and a half. And so the payment's really a wash. And, you know, when we talk about that monthly payment, that payment's a wash based on what you would have bought it for in April or whether you bought it now. And so it's just a matter of using the resources you have, becoming creative. And this is why, man, as agents, we have to do our work and know what options that we can give these buyers. Yeah, and I think that's really good because the two, three, three, two, one buy down, the two, one buy down, everybody's talking about that right now. That is really the hot topic. But the real conversation, so we're talking about how are we working with buyers, the real conversation we need to be having with them and along with their lender is that, is it better for you to buy down the rate or is it better for you to do that two, one buy down? Now that that is the real conversation that right. you need to be having because in some instances, yeah, taking that money that you would have used for the buy down, you can actually use it to lower the rate and that could be better for you over the long term. But the other good thing about the two, one buy down is, is that basically what the, the seller is doing is they're paying for the interest of those two, two years or the three years or whatever it is. 
if you do refinance or you do um, sell the home, you actually get that you actually get that interest back. The, the buyer actually gets that interest back so they can they can use that money. It depends on if you yeah, if you want the money up front and have the money or do you actually you know want a lower monthly payment? Yeah, so it's basically we need to know what options to give them. It's not just a matter of go get pre-approved and pay your 7%. Let them know that they have options and show yourself as a professional. Yeah, that's how you add value, right? That's how we add value. And so knowing you got to have the menu, the menu of what uh, <laughs> what is available to you. And especially now, why is that more important now? Because we're talking about, you know, first time home buyers and people that that are in the market now or people that they don't know the lingo of what's going on right now. They don't know what the process is. And so once you walk through that with them, now they feel they're going to feel more confident on how they should proceed and they can actually know what's going to happen because the psychology of it, there's all psychology in sales, right? And being a professional, one is is giving people their options and, and consulting with them and, and helping them out with what's their best interest. But the other part of being absolutely awesome at being a salesperson is, is telling your client what's going to happen down the road so that they can fulfill their vision, right? Because they've got an end goal that they want to actually fulfill, but they don't see how that can happen. And that's why people wait. But when you give them these options, they know what you know what's going to kind of transpire, and then they can almost pick what they want to happen and then move forward and connect those dots. That's really the reason why I see, especially first-time homebuyers, is just they're just not confident in what's going to happen. They're not confident in the process. So I think that's really, really good. So kind of the transition. So we, uh, you know, we're doing a couple of different things to to find buyers. You know, we're using the online sources. The other thing that we're doing is really leaning on our, uh, you know, our personal circle or our sphere of influence, some people call it, PC or SOI. And um, not that they're going to necessarily be the ones buying or selling, but so we're doing some things where we're reaching out to the people, uh, we're reaching out to our sphere and we're asking them basically, who do they know that's buying? And so as a team, like I'm running a contest that you call everybody in your sphere and, and get referrals. And so we're having a referral contest who can get referrals because, you know, a lot of people know people that want to buy, especially, you know, if you're for me being in, you know, in the fifties, we know people that are younger, you know, like my kids, my kids age, like now I'm starting to work with kids that came up through the youth ministry I'm involved in. I'm getting calls from my son's friends. And so that's where it becomes really important based on what you said, we have to be able to slow that process down and make it smaller because they're hearing from everybody like they're, you know, their dad, oh, this is a terrible time to buy. You got to wait for the market to, you know, the market's going to crash. You want to wait to buy then. And, oh, you don't want to pay all these interest rates. And so these are why, you know, you have to be in a position to have these conversations. And so, you know, we're going out, we're looking for referrals. We're using referral sources. Uh, and those are big things. And we, you know, it it's almost like a little step back in, it almost reminds me a lot when I first started in the business in working with so many buyers is that I have to slow the process down and really be patient and professional and know what I'm talking about so I can walk somebody through this and understand that their speed's not going to be my speed and that they need to be comfortable inside of it. And so we have that contest. And then the one thing that we've added this year, and I know uh, you've done something similar, is that 
the VIP buyer advantage program. And this is where we're adding value to buyers. We're not just, there used to be a time that, oh, somebody wanted to look at a house. We went and showed a house and here's what it is. Um, now we have to show that we have, we bring more value. And so things that like, I like it that buyers like we've got the VIP seller advantage or buyer advantage of sell it for free. If you don't like it within the first 12 months, we'll waive our commission on the resale. We talk to them about home warranty, guaranteed home warranty. And here's a huge one for buyers uh, is cancel at any time. So I always offer a cancel at any time agreement with my buyers. And I just find that it doesn't happen. In 10 years, I may have had two or three cancel out of a contract. And typically if they're doing that, it's probably a buyer I don't want to be working with anyways in most instances. And so those are just a couple on the VIP buyer advantage program that we have. But having something that sets you apart from every other agent that they're talking about or talking to. Yeah, a couple of points there. So you you said people from your youth group, from your sphere. I I want to I keep I want to keep going back to this because, you know, epic agent success, right? You said they're hearing stuff from everybody. So what conversations are you having with people like now is a terrible time to buy? Like that's what people are saying. That's what the news is saying. That's what everybody's hearing. So what are those conversations looking like? How are you, are those people buying or are those people waiting? Because those are the conversations, you know, everybody's talking about that they're having. So what are you telling people when they come in? They say it's a terrible time to buy. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm having one, I'm having this specific conversation with a 21 year old kid uh, right now calls me up this week. It's somebody I've known him, you know, since he's in middle school, my kids friends with a lot of his friends and he calls me up and He's like, yeah, I'm 21. I'm living at home. I'm a real good saver. Uh, I don't really have any credit. And I'm like, and we ended up running his, the lender ran his credit yesterday. He's got a 780 credit score. So he didn't really have any credit. He's got 780 yeah. credit score. And then, so then I'm hitting him up like, okay, well, what kind of cash do you have in the bank? He goes, oh, I got about 200 grand in the bank. Excuse me? So this kid's living at home, saving, working hard. Got 200 grand in the bank and a 780 credit score. All of a sudden, so, interest rate so isn't wanna, even a I thing wanna, I want to stop. Yeah, I want to stop you right there. So here's the key point, right, is that buyers have, they have no clue what the process is, right? He said, I have no credit. So how did you, how, what was the, what does the conversation sound like? How do you get him approved? What did, what would you say to him? So when he said he had no credit, I said, here, I'm going to send you a link and I'm going to have my lender give you a call. This guy's really good at helping you get credit set up. So if you don't have credit, he's going to tell you what's the quickest way to get it. Like, you know, this guy, he knows like, just like I bring value, he brings value. The lender, my lender brings value and he knows what credit cards that they can sign up for quickly and where they want to go. They've got all the softwares, like they plug it in and here's where we can get your credit score. So my lender's pulling his credit based on the conversation he's having with this kid that he doesn't have credit. And he calls me up. He goes, this dude's got a 780 score. So and then, so then once, once dude finds out he's got a 780 score, what's he say then? He's like, Oh, I didn't even know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. And so then now we're starting to talk about that conversation. It's going to be a little slower move for him. Like, you know, um, so now, but now he's plugged into my site searching for properties and now it's become real to him. Before it was just his idea. This week, the idea of buying a property became reality. He now knows that he can do it. And so now we're talking through like at this price, here's what your payment's going to be. You know, does he want to set it up so he can rent out? You know, he's at the age where 
he could probably get two or three of his buddies to rent from him. So he could buy a house for 1500 a month and rent three rooms out for 500 a month and get his house paid for. So now like he didn't even know that would be an option. And so now these are conversations that I'm having with him. And now we're bringing one of the heavy, you know, one of the heavy opinions or one of the opinions that that's really important to him is dads. So now we've invited the dad into the conversation uh, because we've got to get, you know, dad's got to be educated on how this can work as well. Uh, because dad, the last time dad bought a house was 25 years ago. And so yeah, that, yeah. things have changed different. just a little bit since 25, three decades ago. Correct. So, but this is, this is what you can, you can literally do this with anybody you walk up to on the street. So my, the, the point I want to drive home here is that you talk to someone. The key is, is how do you get them if they have a desire to own a house, right? They have to have a desire to buy, but once they have a desire to buy, the number one step is getting pre-approved. That's what we always talk about. And maybe it's maybe the conversation needs to be not that you need to get pre-approved because that's our jargon that we use. Mm-hmm. But when you you have to you have to be able to help people see, like I said, that the dream can become a reality. And now it's really just a matter of the right house popping up for this kid, right? So he could literally transact at any time now. Now he knows he's pre-approved. He has the money to to put the down payment down. And now it's literally like, okay, do I want to move out of mom and dad's house? Or like when the right house comes up, because he's going to find the right house sometime, you're sending him alerts, he's getting them, you know, he's looking at them. But you can literally do that with every single person that you come in contact with. It's like, man. Let's get the steps in place. Do you even know? Do you even know how the process works? Which is why educating people on the process is so important. We are in a position that we have to put ourselves out there right now. People need to know what we're doing. We we cannot be a secret agent. We can't rely on our sphere of influence or our personal circle is just going to know that they need to refer business to. Like I'm, I'm just running through the buyers that I have. Like that 1.2 million that my brother just got under contract or actually they closed last week that came from, he was just having a conversation with a guy and the guy's, Oh man, I would love to have some property. And he goes, if you found me a house on like 30 plus acres, I'd be interested. Before that moment, this guy was not thinking about, was not thinking about buying a piece of property. My brother sends him houses. There's this house, 55 acres with a nice, you know, 3000 square foot, house on it with an in-ground pool and just beautiful lot. And the guy's in South Carolina and says, I like it. Go do a walkthrough. Hit me up on the video. I'm not going to be back in town until mid next week. So we'll, we'll see it when I come back. Hour later, calls him up, write the offer up. I don't want to miss that property. Two weeks prior to that, he wasn't a, a buyer. My, you know, my 1.2 million that we just put under, they've got six kids and they're, and they're getting older. So their house you know, they're outgrowing their house. They need more house. And he's at a different point in his career that this is an option. And so it, it was irrelevant to what the media is saying, but it was because that they were, because we're having conversations with them. We're talking to them and how that came about is at, you know, my son's baseball game, we're just talking real estate. This kid that's got the, you know, the 200,000 in the bank, it's hilarious, but that came from TikTok basically that these kids that, <laughs> All right, I'm in their world. They're high school students, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. They think it's hilarious that I'm on TikTok. You know, like even here's a funny story. There's two kids. So I've been working with the youth group at our church for 25 years. And so I've known so many kids come through there. But we had 
two high school kids that go to the local Christian school. And one of them calls me one of the it's one of Cooper's buddies. He calls me Jer Bear all the time. And somebody, another girl in our youth group said something about Jerry. And he goes, oh, you talking about Jer Bear? And she goes, no, I'm talking about Jerry Weaver. Literally from across the room, another you know, like 16, 17 year old kid says, isn't that the realtor on TikTok? Like, so <laughs> I just think that's hilarious that, you know, I mean, because these kids are going to buy a house someday. Well, those conversations led me to this 21 year old kid and who, you know, decided that to call me up because I'm the real estate agent. So we need to be putting ourselves out there. Like, tell a story. You got a great one off of YouTube this week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, a uh, couple just called me up off uh, out of the blue. Saw one of my YouTube videos. They're moving down here. Uh, she's a veterinarian and she's like, I absolutely love this house that, uh, that they found. And she, I went down, did a video walkthrough, the same as your brother, same thing your brother did. I went down, opened up the house. I, I did a video first, right? I came in, did the video walkthrough, you know, so I can have the video for my content. And then, and then I FaceTimed them and walked them through the house, told them the pros and cons. The house is on a little bit different street. So I said, Hey, this street is unique to this area. And this is what you need to know about this street. Cause they know absolutely nothing about Midland, Texas. And, um, you know, later that night, she's like, all right, we want to, we want to write an offer. I'm going to get with my lender, get everything because they, they were set up with a lender in Oregon, just got their offer to be in Midland, get on YouTube, find me and are ready to make an offer on a house in Midland because she got a job offer. And then, um, but because the property went under contract because she didn't have her lending in place for Texas, she had it in place for Oregon, but not Texas. But yeah, we you know, you've got to be putting yourself out there and people have to know that you are actually actually a real estate agent and that you can bring value to people. That's the thing that they said, you know, they they got to know me on on YouTube yeah. and they feel like, you know, they they know me already. So, so the point is there's buyers, it's just different than we've been working with for the last couple of years. You know, I'm yeah. writing in today. I'm I did a video tour of a house yesterday. She's coming from South Carolina. We're writing an offer on that house today that she's writing an offer based on the video tour. Uh, I've got an, another set of buyers that we're doing some, uh, he's looking for some investment properties. He's, they, he's in New Jersey. He owns businesses in New Jersey and New York. I met this guy at the, uh, at the Delta lounge in West Palm beach, uh, while I was waiting for my flight to come back from Tony Robbins. They were at the event. We just started talking and this guy's like, yeah, he goes, I've got like a hundred to 300,000 that I could play with right now. And if we find something bigger than that, I'll just go get an investor to come in with me. And so now like, I've got to go get creative. Like, it's not just a matter of, oh, let's go look at this house. Well, now I have to go find them deals. And so a lot of the skill set that I know on that side is going to be really important. So there's buyers out there, but we need to be able to put ourselves out there and having these real estate conversations. That's for sure. Yeah. It's not as easy as it was in the past. And so as we wrap this thing up, yeah, investors, actually, we probably need to talk about that on the next episode because that is uh, that's one that is key to to uh, this market for sure. If you got an investor and you know how to work with investors, you always have money. But the thing is, so here's the perspective on the buyers, right? I think I think you have to make a shift. So probably buyers that you were working with or the clients that you were working with at the first of the year are highly more likely not going to be transacting right now, right? So that's what we talked about is folks that have most of our business was from folks that were upsizing, you know, they had a house, they were going to sell it and then move into another one. 
Well, the new buyers, you have to be able to find new business. New buyers who are just now getting qualified don't care what the rates were at the beginning of last year. They don't, they don't care. They just need a house. And so those people do not care. The people who were pre-approved in April or May, and now they're still trying to buy, those people care for sure, because their payment is quite could possibly be quite different uh, on purchasing a home. And they could be in a totally different category of home that they are going to be purchasing. And so that's really, I think, the perspective shift that we need to have as agents is that, okay, old buyers, okay, we need to talk to them, figure out their needs. They could be buying, but new buyers are buying right now. There are buyers here that are ready to go. And so those are the things we need to focus on. If you want to know the type of buyer that's buying right now, go meet with your lender and find out what is the type of person he has pre-approved? Who's in his funnel right now that has pre-approvals that are out actively looking? Find out, are they married? Do they have kids? Is it, you know, are they female, male? Like whatever information you can find out as far as who they have pre-approved that's actively looking, that's a way to find out who's buying in your in your area right now. That's exactly right. And I'm going to tell you, I have had a perspective shift and then we'll head out. Don't let people tell you that you should only work with sellers because mm. a seller starts out as a buyer. If someone is is moving, they're the way that they're going to move is they're going to be looking for the house that they need to buy. The only people who don't who don't buy are people that die. The only people that don't buy usually are people that die because you're either going to be selling your house and moving to a different market somewhere else where you can help someone, or you're going to be selling your house and moving into, into another house, or you're going to rent. So every seller is a buyer, essentially. There's a high probability, a high likelihood. So you have to remember that, that uh, I think buyers are the key. That was one thing I think that held me back at the beginning of my career is that uh, I was only looking at sellers and looking at how they sell. But the key to a seller is having a house that they want to buy. Because if you can't move into anything, then you're not going to move. So that's really the key. If you're going to be a seller, what's the very first thing you're going to do? You're going to go look at houses. It's the first thing you're doing is going to look at houses. So <laughs> we got to go down the buyer journey, their psychology in order to find them, right? So that's exactly right. All right, guys. So that is uh, that concludes this episode of the Epic Agent Success Podcast. We had absolutely awesome talk here about working with buyers. And of course, if you got any value from this, we uh, would love to have a five-star rating and review from you. And if you need, we are getting lots of buyers in at the moment. So if you are struggling with buyers, reach out to us. You can reach out to us through phone, email, text, whatever. But the easiest way to uh, connect with us is through our Facebook group. It's the Epic Agent Success Podcast. And uh, we'd love to answer any questions you have there. So we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Epic Agent Success Podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you've received value today, we hope you'll give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget, we love sharing our experiences and offering tips to agents looking to grow. So come join us on our Facebook page, the Epic Agent Success Podcast, and stay connected.